Welcome back to the West Wolf Podcast, covering the Washington Wizards and one Russell Westbrook. My name is J.D. Jackson. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Russell Westbrook Gets a Chip or on YouTube at J-Rock Soccer and Basketball Sessions. Today, I have a special guest, a basketball genius, an X's and O's person. That's right. All of you know him as Coach Chris. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing great. So happy to be here. Um, a lot to talk about with Rick Russ and his new team, also his previous team. Um, again, appreciate you having me on. I love to just talk ball and hoops, so I'm excited. I appreciate you coming on, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right, let's hop to it. So I know, uh, speaking to you, that you have a lot to say about the situation surrounding James Harden. Now, for our listeners, no, this is not a Rockets podcast. This is not a James Harden podcast, but this obviously has something to do with Russell Westbrook, and this is the West Wolf podcast. So let's unpack that first. So what, what were your thoughts on what's going on with James Harden and the Houston Rockets? Okay, yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try – to try to keep this on, you know, the Rockets off season and maybe just a few of the previous years and not try to go far too back. But let's just talk about this off season. I think you, you have to start when Daryl Morey took the Sixers job. Um, in my opinion, that was the signal that things were going to rise. You know, we have been hearing all season, the NDA may be gone, that there may be some friction between Morey and Fertitta. Um, but it was looking like they had gotten past that, you know, at least with Morey. But then they hear that he was going to, you know, because of family reasons, he was going to take some time off. And then he ends up taking the Sixers job, which is a good job for him. But that was just a signaling to me of like, OK, what what's happening here? I knew that I knew that Harden and Maury were very, very close. You know, that's like his baby. Maury, James Harden is like Maury's, you know, golden child. Like that's what he's hanging on. Like He went and made that trade and Harden became one of the best players of all time. So that that relationship is real. Right. He takes the Sixers job, you know. So to me, I don't know. I, I, I saw that and that was like my, my red flag, you know. Okay, what's right. going on here? Then we start hearing Russ wants out. I think me and you had the same reaction when we heard Russ wanting out, which was that's not characteristic of him. Like, you know, especially right. when we heard when we heard it first. We heard him before even Harden. So it was like, What's going on here? Mm-hmm. And then and now we get into what's going on now is where Russ brings up accountability. Um, he, he brought up another thing, you know, uh, just keeping the, the team accountable. Mm-hmm. So, and now I think we're starting to see some of that now, whether it's through uh, the house situation and, or what Harden has going on now. And that's why I was going to say I was going to try to keep it to just this offseason over years. But if you know about Harden, if you know kind of the, the behind the scenes stuff, this is nothing new, man, um, in terms of you know, his priorities and Harden's a baller and Harden works on his game and Harden is all about being a hooper. Um, and to be honest with you guys, I don't like criticizing players too much for um, their off court, whether it's behavior, whether it's partying, you know, if that stuff's not affecting your work or, or, you know, your ability to, to show perform, you know, I try not to talk about it too much, Right. but in this case, Harden as the leader of the organization, an organization that really has like all he, all he's done as a great player has been with them. He's done some great things in OKC as well, but where he's become this Hall of Famer, like he's there. I hear Houston fans say all the time he's their second greatest player of all time. Like they love him. They they've defended this man, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are starting to feel a little betrayed with his actions 
And you know what? I, I can't blame them. I don't want to get too hard on Harden, but like as Russ fans, you know, <laughs> we just we don't really have to deal with with shenanigans like this or or, or just this um I don't know this this lackadaisical whether it's not lackadaisical on the court or just um not willing to be a leader, you know. Um and, and I, it makes me think of but maybe the Rockets the Rockets obviously know us about Harden because look at the two guys they went to go get. They went to get Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook, you know, two guys that are known to be leaders, vocal leaders, you know, bring a mentality that's that, you know, goes around the entire team. So I think that's what the Rockets were looking for with Harden. They know that that's a, a not his strong suit. And I think for a lot of people, this situation with him is, is open their eyes to that. Even some Houston fans, because he's your guy, right? I think he can sometimes be, you know, I don't want to say blind, but you, you want to ride for your guy. He's done a lot of great things for you and your organization. So right. uh, I think for a lot of them, this has kind of been like an eye-opening experience. Like maybe maybe he is not quite the leader that we thought he was. And you know, that, that's that's sad, you know, in a way, because he is a great player and you hate to see him do this to this organization because the grass ain't always greener. And um We'll get right. we'll get to that later. You know, uh, obviously, there's a lot of good things to say about Washington, but you don't know how things are going to turn out. You just don't know, and so Harden forcing his way out anywhere, you know, uh, especially with some of his tendencies, he needs to to look himself in the mirror. And before I, uh, I let you go, I did want to say one thing. Uh, I was on Locked On Rockets uh, maybe about a month or two ago, and one of the things I said is that maybe a change of scenery could be good for Harden because there's been so much enabling in Houston and you can, you can just see it in this style of play. It seems like the, the more the seasons go on, the more ISOs, the more step backs, you know, I look at the numbers now he's taking 13 threes a game. And they're like, you know, again, I know that we want to take more threes. I know that that's the right thing, but like, you know, Steph Curry should be taking 13 threes. You know, James, you have more. T- James is a very skilled and diverse offensive player. He can do more than taking the step back three as many times as he does. Um, so, right. that, I mean, and that's, and that's just my opinion and how I would choose to deploy hard. And I think he's just needs maybe a new voice to kind of get him to work, not work on, but just do the other things, other parts of his game that he's effective at. Obviously passing. He can hit the mid range. He's just, he's a, he's a bucket. He has a lot of skills. So, I hate to see him do this to his his organization because it's not a good look for them. It's not a good look for him, and it. I I don't think it's going to tarnish his legacy because he will get a team and, and go on. But it is not a a good look at all, um, especially as a, just a professional. <laughs> right. No, I I one hundred percent agree. Um, he is a diverse player, and he's limiting himself. That's my opinion. When you take away forty forty five percent of the court from him, only layups and threes. It, I've never liked it, and I get the analytics of it. But as far as everything else, you pretty much echoed uh, what I've been saying on the pod, which is it's the way that he is going about doing it. Uh, I've always been an advocate of what they do off the court is in their own time, it's up to them. But there are more professional ways to do what I think he's trying to do, which is force his way out, like we're saying. Like, I, I think that's the plan. Um you know, AD did show up to work, Anthony Davis, in New Orleans. He showed up to work. He just sat. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it, training camp started. You're Paul supposed George, to be, too. Paul George, too. He showed up to work. You sit. And that, that's my only issue. It's, it's the way he's going about doing it. And the way he's going about doing it, it makes me feel so bad for the Rockets fans. Yeah. I, I get it. 
But as much as we malign LeBron James and Kevin Durant for leaving in free agency, some of these players that are forcing themselves out of their respective cities when they're basically the hero of the city in the middle of their contracts, at least try and do it the right way. The way he's doing it, he's at the strip clubs, you know, throwing dollars. And I'm like, look, what you're doing your own time is on your own time, but you're supposed to show up for work. And so that's why they feel betrayed is the way that he's doing it. And I I 100% understand that. So I 100% agree with you. I want to just go just back on that. It's like, it's also just the, the part that, you know, the Rockets brought him in again, more identified his talent, believed in him. He becomes everything he's become just home run fans. Love him. He does all these great things. And again, I I go back to seeing Avery and they, they tried to, to piece together the teams that they thought could work with them. You know, I really, I think the, the Chris Paul, definitely like the leadership of that. I think going after Russ, you know, they wanted to keep that same identity because they know some of his shortcomings. Not again, every player has shortcomings. Like Russ right. has them too, you know, um, they're, they're just different. So when they're trying to, to build around him, I think that they they've seen, I go back to some of this playoff series again, not trying to get on him, but there are these moments where he can just check out. Like that's, that's the best way to put it. Like he can, yeah. he can check out. And we saw that in Houston this year. I mean, that January stretch, there were some yeah. games where I'm watching the, I'm watching the TV. I'm like, Harden, what, what are you doing? Do you even <laughs> care that you're struggling? Do you even care that, you know, what's, what's going on, how you look out there, like his, his body language, I think these are things that if we see him, the team knows that. And so for them to feel like they've gone the bat for him, try to give him everything that they've wanted, and for him to do this in return to them, acting as if that they never done anything or tried to go out and get anybody or haven't competed at a higher level, the Rockets, the Rockets have had a lot of success. And one of the things I said on Twitter before we go is, you know, that 2018 run is really, uh, really seeming to haunt them. It seems like they – they have to get back to that point because they were so, so close. They were so close. Right. Um, and it's similar to OKC when we played the, the Warriors and lost in seven. Other, except for us, KD left and jumped ship to the other team. Right. That, that was a whole nother thing. But for the Rockets, it's like, oh my gosh, we have, how do we get right back there? We still have Harden. We still have, you know, how do we get that same exact team? And I think that just the pressure trying to get right back there has really gotten them to the point that we are where they just can't be satisfied with anything else other than that point, you know, getting right, right. back there. And so, yeah, it, it's unfortunate that it's going down like this, um, but at the same time, not excusing anything Harden has done at all. But I, after Maury signed with the Sixers, I can't say I didn't see this yeah. kind of happening at some, you know, at some point. Yes, I agree. Are we in agreement that I think we are, because I think we spoke about this before, Russell Westbrook, we knew it was uncharacteristic. Russell Westbrook axed out because he already knew. Already knew, absolutely. Okay, uh, I agree. Now, so that good segue to our next topic. What was your first reaction when you heard about <laughs> Russell Westbrook being traded to the Washington Wizards, and how did you think he would fit in there? Yeah, so <laughs> also here we got to unpack some things because this was obviously we heard it rumored pretty strongly maybe three weeks before or something like that. Um, and, you know, I did some digging on the Wizards at the time and, you know, just a little dabbled in and it's like, okay, you know, it was definitely better than the other options I had been hearing, you know. Um, but honestly, when the when the trade has happened, I mean, I don't know if it's just because of my mindset when I saw it, I did not, I did not take the news probably as well as I, I should have and definitely not how I look at it now. Um, for me, it did signal like um, 
and, and not saying it doesn't, but it signaled some kind of a, a step back for us, a step in terms of, you know, the, the OKC years and even this last year in Houston. There's always been this sense of a championship can happen, you know, um, if you just squint or if it just things lined out perfectly um, outside of maybe the MVP year. Um, this is the first year where, like, there's not really a championship with this roster. As, as high as you want to try to think that they good that they can be, um, it's it's not. A t- I mean, we can like it's not a, a championship kind of team. Now they can they can overachieve and do a lot of great things as we will get into. Um, but that was my initial reaction. Uh, right. I wasn't. I wasn't. It was hard for me as a longtime rest fan to be like, man, like, okay, <sighs> championship contender status is not where we're at. Um, and then at the same, for whatever reason, I wasn't contextualizing the Harden leaving as well. I was, I was thinking that Harden was going to just be there and that that was the best situation. Right now, <laughs> as, as time has gone on, um, I mean, it, <laughs> I've definitely turned around. Like I, I, I see the, the benefit, not only of playing with, with Bradley Beal, but, um, a roster like this, they got a lot of young guys, uh, a lot of guys that can, that can shoot and play. And it really, it really actually offers Russ a lot of upside, which I think he hasn't had a lot of because, especially in Houston, there was real no upside in Houston because of what I was talking about. The cha- the fans expected that 2018 run. Anything other right. than getting to the championship, you know, in their eyes, is going to be a, a failure because of what that 18 team did. Right. With Washington, I mean, this team won 25 games last year, 30, something 25, 30, something like that. Like it, it wasn't was good. Yeah. <laughs> so we that that's a lot of upside there. If the Wizards come in and win forty five plus games, you know that that's a lot of upside. Say they somehow if they get to a, a playoff uh, win, which that is to me that would be a really really successful. If this team wins a playoff round, I mean, whew, that 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 would be great to me. Um, and just from what I've seen, they have a lot to, to overcome on the defensive side of the ball, um, but they do have uh, some talent and some some tools to play with. And a lot of guys I think Russ can make better. I think they have, a, like, the kind Agreed. of players they have are players that Russ has made better throughout his career. So um, really looking at the roster now and the situation, I'm much more high on it, and especially because Russ is happy and he's going to get to play a more natural style of game for him, in my opinion. Right. I agree. Um, my initial reaction, you know, was the same. I I was damn near depressed, man. <laughs> I just I said, gosh dang it! You guys, see, he's thirty-two years old. You're telling me this is it? That that was my initial reaction. Yeah. Like, I, he has all the individual accolades. He's won MVP. He's got multiple scoring titles, multiple assist titles. He's averaged a triple double. He has a twenty 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 game. He's done all this stuff. The only thing that has eluded him to this point was a championship. So when he got traded to Washington, I. I mean, my heart broke, man. I just couldn't <laughs> believe it. <laughs> that was my initial reaction. So, sorry, Wizards fans, but that was my re- initial reaction. But like you said, after this situation going on in Houston, I thought, oh, gosh, thank God we're out of that. Um, and then looking at the roster, I don't know if you've watched the, the my, my YouTube video on this, but they have seven shooters that shoot 35% or higher from the three-point line. Crazy. So – now, I think I automatically thought, oh, this is going to be great. We've never seen this before. Now, I got pushed back on Twitter. What do you mean? The Rockets? I said, no, the Rockets shoot a lot of them. <laughs> right. Shoot a lot of them. But this team has seven shooters who shoot over 35% from three-point line. I'm looking forward to that. 
That yeah, and you know, he had Kevin Durant, but you know, he had Robertson, he had all these people around him that couldn't really shoot. Now, don't bring up so, OKC in terms of shooters. I mean, we we know what that that was. They <laughs> they had they had they either had Durant, they either had Paul George, but outside of that, I mean. I mean, goodness, you can't even compare anybody else to the, the Washington shooters. And that's where Washington comes in is that they have they have two elite shooters. I think the, the only real elite shooter the Rockets had was Ben McLemore. Um, yeah. and, and if you want to say Harden from like a, you know, however you want to classify him, sure. But Wizards coming in with Bertans and Beal, who if you look at Bradley Beal, he's really shot close to 40% most of his career. The only two years he didn't were these p- past two years, but that was without John Wall. So he's taking much tougher threes. He's more, you know, uh, in control of the offense and taking those late shot clocks. That's why there was a dip these past few years. But Beal is a beautiful, beautiful shooter. I mean, you, I mean I, I'm really excited about that pairing now, you know, looking at just thinking about it, you know, being able to come around on the idea of him being in Washington. I think it's going to be a, a great fit with those two players. But, yeah, I mean, no one – the OKC just never uh, had the proper shooting. As much as we love those days and uh, you know, the glory days, but <laughs> shooting was not something they ever did right. And that's – you know, Sam just never got that right. Right, I agree. And this will be the first time that he is able to have a big that can both roll and pop out and shoot the three. There you go. So multiple guys too, Brian and Wagner are two bigs that can yes. play pick and roll and pick and pop. You know, Correct. especially with Russ, he'll make both those guys way better. Both of them. Both of them. I agree. Um, I think he's really going to help Denny. Um, there are plenty of uh, pictures and things like that on Twitter of just showing Denny seeming like he's attentive. Plenty of pictures, and I think he's going to help the young fellow. I think he's teaching him about the work ethic. You know, the report is. You know, Russell Westbrook showed up three hours early of practice. Now, us Russell Westbrook fans were used to that. Well, like, you do that all the time. You know, right. but to Wizards fan, they're like, "Whoa, this man showed up three hours early, and he's going to practice." Yeah, that's 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 normal. And they're uh, such they're such a young team, and it's funny. I was thinking about this. We just talked about Chris Paul coming to the Rockets to be a leader for you know the, the, the James Harden all that. He gets shipped out to OKC, and not the same situation. Um, you know, the Wizards had, were better than the what the people thought the OKC would be at the time. But it is also similar to where Chris Paul was a lot of young guys, a lot of guys that had yet to really prove in, a lot in the league, but, you know, maybe they can do something. And I think that's a situation Russ is going to be in um, where, again, he's going to make a lot of these guys better. You mentioned Denny, a young player who he's a rookie. I don't like, I don't like expecting too much from rookies, especially ones I didn't mm. get to watch like throughout a game, I've seen some highlights and some some film, but watching like him throughout a game, like up and down the floor, you know, we'll see what, what he's able to bring. What I do like is he has a diverse skill set for his size. Um, I think that's, that that will be his angle to play, you know, the fact that he, he's long, he can pass, you know, he, he can finish and, and shoot, all those things at, at a solid enough level. We'll see which of those skills really translate to the NBA game strongly um, to see how many minutes he plays and what his role will be. Um, but at the even even – not talking about him. I think they have guys, you know, I'd like that I've seen from, like I said, the bigs, uh, Brown, the big guards, yes. uh, with some, with some passing ability. I really like what, what he can do. And I'm interested to see the offense, uh, when, when Russ is out there. Um, again, I, there were some things we saw in Houston that in my opinion were a bit different and, and, you know, I, I know we want to give it all to the spacing, but I think there's also some, there was some growth, um, I'm talking about that, that, yeah, that, that two-month stretch where, stretch where he 
Russ has always been a, a good mid-range shooter, but when he decided that those were literally the only jump shots he's going to take, you know, and if it if that's not it, I'm, I'm getting to the basket, I'm passing it. That was um, it was harder to do in OKC because we talked about there's less spacing. He's the guy, and so again, those late shot clock situations or those situations yep. where plays need to be made. Russ is that's his mentality. Like he can make those plays. You know, yes. whenever I'm, I'm watching Russ with one of my guys, we have a thing where we're like. Somebody needs to make something happen. He's like, who's gonna do it? Like, Russ. Like, <laughs> Russ gonna do yep. it because, because you know, he just you just know that he is the one that that can do it. Like, like he's not gonna shy away from it. You know, the, the team's on a twelve zero run. Momentum's gone the other way. Russ is not gonna shy from that. So, um, I right. think that sometimes, you know, it, it 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 can from outsiders or people looking in to be like, okay, that guy's doing too much, but really he's just trying to do what what it takes to win. You know. Um, so yeah. I think there was some some growth last year that I think will translate into Washington uh, with this with this young team, especially with the offensive talent that they have uh, and his leadership. I expect to kind of, you know, uh, I know that he's focused on defense. I heard him, I think it was on yes. a podcast. I've never heard Russ on a podcast before. But I, yeah, but he, I think he mentioned he wants to to uh, you know be a, a an impact defensive player. Which in my we're all going to have different opinions, especially someone who's polarizing to Russ. I think Russ's defense is an area that I I like Russ's defense more than others. Not saying he's perfect. I know that there's some glaring flaws with this defense, um, but when you compare him to other, especially the other star guards in the NBA, I mean Russ is a good defender. So, <laughs> right. No. Uh, my, anyway, and, that, and that's my opinion. So I think if he's going to really focus on that and hone in on it, uh, that's that's some good things to to look forward to on that side. Yeah, I I 100% agree. We're going to go a little a little X's and O's here because. I have been speaking with a lot of the Wizards fans on Russell Westbrook's defense. Mm -hmm. And here's my opinion. I, too, like his defense more than most people do. If he is on the ball, he's a good defender. He's a, People don't realize, in UCLA, he was known for his defense. Right. So he's a good defender if he is on the ball, covering in space. Russell Westbrook's issue is, and I hate people saying he has low IQ or he's not paying attention. That's not the case. What happens with him when he's off the ball is there's a downside to him playing every play like it's his last play every game, like it's his last game. He's always trying to make the big play. So what he does is he cheats for a steal. Now, that's going to happen. That's what he does. Right, right. That's where people get frustrated. But if his on-ball defense isn't bad, it's actually pretty good, especially, like I said, compared to other star guards. It's when he's – that's why I was a little bit worried. I don't know if you heard the report is – Scott Brooks wants to play quite a bit of zone. And my worry yeah. is if you play zone, you've got to have wrinkles in there to keep Westbrook engaged because he'll cheat. So now, yeah, go ahead. Now, like you said, he said he's concentrating specifically on his defense. So maybe he'll be more disciplined this year. I don't know. But the zone, that's where his issue comes in. People act like he's dumb, he has low IQ, he can't play defense, he falls asleep. I'm like, it's not that. He's just always trying to, you know, you've seen it. He'll head between two oh, players because yeah. he thinks he can go to the top of the key and he'll get beat back door. Well, That's because he's, he's Superman. So one of the things I also know is like when he's doing some of that, he's also so athletic that he's he's been he able to get away with it so many times. He's able to right. get back. He's able to to make the play. You know, he's able to just, you know, um, that's that's just part of his his instinct. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So. And I think his on-ball defense is better, so I'm a little bit worried about what Scott Brooks' zone is going to look like. Um, now, if it's I, – I play AAU too, 
as well as college football. Now, if it's a matchup zone where it almost is disguised as a man-to-man, I think that's better for him. But if they're literally just covering areas, I think we'll have to watch Westbrook to see <laughs> for sure for just sure. how well. He does. And it, it's it's funny you say that because um, it obviously I think a lot of teams had success with zones throughout the year, but definitely in the bubble, I know some teams trying to to deploy that strategy a lot more. Um, whether it's in the playoffs, like I said, just the bubble. I know even what the Rockets were doing uh, in the postseason for certain stretches when they had success. Now, again, they weren't trying to call it a traditional zone, but uh, it wasn't man. <laughs> you know, and, and, and they were switching it and, and holding their zone. So I think that um, just from – we don't see what it looks like, but Scott Brooks, may, knowing that he doesn't have a lot of great defenders, um, right. this may be an opportunity for them to really raise their defensive rating because that's, that's what the focus needs to be. Uh, and again, right. Russ is – if he's focused on that, I really don't um, – I'm encouraged and I, I'm going to think highly of what he's going to be able to do in whatever defense because that's just that's just his talent. Like you said, some of the, the gambling, it, it is – again, he's not a perfect defender in terms of uh, some of the exact reasons you laid out. But, you know, when, right. when he's focused on it, he puts his mindset on it, he's on a team now where, again, I'm, I'm really interested to see how he how he plays um, – one of the, the things I we did see in Houston, we, we brought it up and just throughout his career that he doesn't get enough credit for, especially compared to, to Harden, what we've seen him turn into these last few years in Houston, is that Russ can play different styles of play. Like Russ is not Russ has not just played the same way his entire career. You know, he's had Durant, he's not had Durant. He's had, you know, he's had Paul George, he's not had Paul George. He had to go and play alongside James Harden, which was a in completely different role than he's ever played in his career. Yeah, he went right. you know, 27, 7, and 7, whatever it was, career high field goal percentage. He had a, a fantastic year, you know, in a, in a completely different role. Never played that role before. He's taken the step back to Paul, taking the step back to KD. He stepped up, you know, again, so I can see whatever Washington needs for him, he can he can bring so much to the game, you know. Um, so I, I'm interested to, to see, you know, his numbers. I'm, I'm really not sure exactly where they're going to pan out. I can see it a few different scenarios in terms of his, you know, his overall output and numbers. But regardless, Russ is going to fill up the, the, the sheet. He just does too much. You know, he's right. going to be a triple-double machine. But where is that? Where is the, the two things I'm looking at is the points per game and the assists per game. Where are those two numbers going to be at? Um, you know, that'll be an interesting thing just in terms of what he's playing. And I don't think it's a bad thing for him regardless. I, I think if he can get back to where he was physically, um, you know, December through March, like that's what you right. want. And whatever, however he's deployed through the coaching, like he'll be great. But as long as he gets back to physically being, you know, the, the most athletic guard in the game, you know, which again we can all admit he was not that in the in the playoffs. He was clearly nope. not, you know, himself. He couldn't make the plays in transition. He fumbling the ball every time he tried to get in transition. It was it was not a pretty sight, you know. Um, nope. And we can say that I think. We see so much. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I think that's where a lot of Russ fans come from in terms of their defense of him, is that we some of the criticism just it seems to come from a place of people not either understanding or just taking his mistakes just way too far. I guess like just he just he did that. He had that bad turnover game. That's all he's ever going to be. That's all he ever has been. You know he can't do nothing. He's good for nothing. And I think right. Russ fans see enough of that stuff to be like, hey, hold on now, guys, like. Like stop, stop saying you want you want Kemba Walker, you know over 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 right. Russ. Like like there's only so much. Okay, you want to talk about you want Dane now, or you want somebody that can do this. All right, but like 
people take it way too far because of how aggressive he is and and uh, some people don't like that demonstrative attitude that that turns people off doesn't you know obviously doesn't turn us off but I think people take they take it the wrong way and want to put these these uh they want to try to add up who he is and think he's maybe more like a heart and just somebody that's doesn't really care he's just there for him he you know yelling and, and screaming and doing whatever he wants and that's not the case Russ comes from a place of competitiveness wanting to win and just ferocity I mean that's that's really all it is so Right. Uh, that's the term I use for him. He's a ferocious competitor. That's that's what he is. And he'll do whatever he's got to do to to get the W. I what I am hoping from him this season is I want him to average a career high 12 assists. Now, no, but this is going to happen. But I want him to average 12 assists and I want him to be in that 24 to 26 point range. And the reason why I say that is that means he's going to get his 20 some points a game. And that means averaging that much means when bill is having an off night he's erupting for 30 plus right so that's what we need i i know where some wizards fans are worried i promise you he will feed bradley bill oh yeah. you guys don't oh yes yeah. <laughs> no question he will feed him all those false narratives ignore them throw it out give russell westbrook a chance he'll feed him and feed him some more he got paul george in that mvp conversation Paul George didn't get himself there wow that's that's a great point like, man and th- think about this though we just talk about some of the notions uh, James Harden just averaged 34 a game next to Russell Westbrook, right? We just, you just brought up Paul George having his, his best uh, season by far. Paul George never had a season like he's had in OKC. Like, by far his best season. Kevin Durant. Right. How many scoring titles did Kevin Durant win next to Russell Westbrook? So, like, there's just right. these notions that just he's not giving these guys the ball. Like, like how? Like, where? Like, where? where you know what I'm saying? <laughs> these guys are out here having their best years leading the league and scoring next to him i mean he he's a facilitator like it's funny i think i forgot who said it about his time in washington like yeah he's he's becoming a floor he's gonna be go back to his floor general or like something like yeah he's a true point guard and it's funny because as much as he does shooting is aggressive if you look at the point guards around the nba russ is kind of like a like a floor general compared to some of them you know what i'm saying yes (laughs) like some of these guys like uh (laughs) <laughs> Jamal Murray ain't no floor general. That boy is a gunner. Like he's getting buckets. <laughs> and again, so again, I'm just saying, like there are Russ is obviously one of the best uh, passers and playmakers in the league. He's gonna make these guys so much better. Um, and like you said, those those nights where Brad's off or whatever's going, he can get buckets. I think my thing, I, I mentioned the points and the assists per game. Um, I I'm gonna go out on a limb on this. I think the field goal percentage is gonna keep up this year. Like I said. I think it was a sign of growth we saw in Houston. Um, I expect that 47% to be where he lands, if not higher. Uh, and again, that will depend on, you know, if there's no injuries and he has to like take a different role. But if mm-hmm. the team is a set, I'm expecting that 47%. And, I, and that's what I want. I want to see that hold. I don't want to see a bunch of jump shots that crater his field goal percentage. Because to me, that's always been what it has been. Um, yeah. some of the tough jump shots he was having to take in OKC, that's what really took his field goal percentage down. Um, if if he's not, he didn't have to do that in Washington, you know. Um, I would like to see that hold that forty seven percent hold that rust. That would be a big. That's what I really want to see. Don't go back to that forty three, forty four percent because he's better than that. He doesn't have to do that. It's not a team he has to do that on. Um, just that that that's what I would like to see for sure. Yeah, I I agree one hundred percent. If he can keep that up this season, 
there he's going to make the sixth rank offense a top three offense and that's a good segue so what are we expecting from the wizards defensively and what is it defensively where do you want them to rank defensively now they were 29th last season yeah in defensive efficiency so again from what i've seen i've watched a lot of these guys um in hindsight you know videos that i could find not a ton of um, defensive talent but more than you might think um mm-hmm. and i think it, it sometimes it is a you know it's like a teeter-totter you know especially with a team that's not as talented you know if you're going to have a great offense you know teams are going to be scoring against you and vice versa if you have a bad defense it's going to be easier to, you know, to probably create opportunities or you're a bad team. Um, so I say that to say is right now, I like, I'm glad that they are focused on defense. I do know when teams come in with a, with a mindset that we have to be better defensively, when a team feels that this is our Achilles heel, like this is what we need to focus 75% of our, our training camp or all season on, that the team will be better defensively. So I don't, I don't have any doubts that they will not be in the bottom five defensively. Um, but will they be middle of the pack? You know, I'm I'm not too sure. And again, this is where expectations come to play. Is that you know we always talk about you know having to be in the the middle of the pack or even higher to be a, a contender. You know, um, yeah. again, being real, I don't see a contender like in terms of a top four or five team in the league. The Wizards are not that. And so, it's me saying say they say they're twentieth, right? They can be twentieth and be a playoff team and be the, you know, a really good team and reach even their expectations just by improving to that, you know, 17, you know, area. Um, and I guess like that would have to be something that we're fine with. We'll have to be fine with. Um, but again, we'll, we'll, I'm, <laughs> it's not too much I can say about the defense because it was so bad. We haven't seen it, but I will say from guys <laughs> like Bryant, uh, obviously Russ, um, you know, the Brown, the guard, there's, there's some guys that, that can do some things. Uh, we'll see how the zone in, impacts their play, but I'm, I'm really, they're going to be an offensive team. Like that's going to be where they separate themselves and where they put the pressure on the other team. It's not going to, uh, it's going to be with what they can do offensively, what Russ brings with his, you know, tenacity and, and uh, the attention he draws at the basket. And then those shooters, again, they got a lot of, from the bigs to the wings. They got a lot of guys that can really stroke it. I think that's where the pressure is going to be. Now, the focus on defense will make them better, but I'd be lying to you if I if I had said like, no, they're going to be they're going to be right here, and this is this is why it's going to be that way. You know, I they're going to have to come and bring it. You know, they're going to have to show us that they put that that focus and time into the, on that side of the ball. In my opinion, right? No, I agree. You you picked out the number that I am just begging them to get to, which is twenty. If you can just get to twenty. If you guys can just create enough turnovers with P- with TBJ and, you know, with Troy Brown Jr. and Russell Westbrook, because they're going to get their hands in the lane. If you can just – and then just the effort that Russell Westbrook is going to bring to the Washington. If you can just get to 20, mm-hmm. then you can get – then you can make – you can make the playoffs. And because here's my thing. If they make the playoffs and they can win in the first round and lose in the second round, that's – that to me, that is the best – Kate, this is not a championship roster, like you said. If you can win in the first round and lose in six or seven in the second round to a good team, then maybe you can convince some people next year to join the Washington Wizards so that you can become one of those top teams in the East. That's my hope, but you have got to get to at least 20. 
Uh, you below that, yeah, they have they have you know, they have to get there, and I think they're focusing. Sorry, I had a little distraction uh, pop up there, but I was no, no problem. Um, I, I I am with you. Like they can get to that twenty number, that's where the, they can start to get to um, their their potential. Which to me, like where I see the potential, like the best case scenario is is that that first round win. I think that that's not what, like only their talent potential, but it's also for Russ. I think that'd be a big win for Russ. Um, just. Like I said, there is some upside here. Just getting them to the playoffs is upside, but getting that that playoff uh, win, that first round win, uh, it's it's unfortunate because I think you're the first person to put it like this. But I feel bad for Kyrie Irving because you know no matter what happens this year, whether Brooklyn gets to the Eastern Conference Finals, they get to the championship, win the championship, none of it's going to matter because he plays with Kevin Durant. So, like you said, those those are the new rules <laughs> I guess people have made up. So, um, yeah, don't count. But so again, like Russ has had. Like he's had a lot of playoff success. It's just been unfortunate what has happened, you know, the last couple of years, you know, so they want to hold and hang that on his head. And so since they're doing that, like that first round win, if it happens this year, would, would be huge because he's, again, the team only won 25 games last year. They're not an overwhelmingly mm-hmm. talented team, they're not a championship contender. So I think that that would just be a huge win for Russ and, um, you know, people, the, most people see it, but some people don't really see and understand that he is a winning player, you know. Because unless you win, right. you're not a winning player. You know, I guess that's what it is. Right. Like, it, but we pick and choose, right. right? Somehow somehow Nash is a winning player, even though he hasn't won anything that over the right. done and some of these other guys. But um, Russ just has that label, and none of the Kevin Durant years count because why, you know. Russ was just yeah. as good in the 2016 run. Like, so why – was you know it just you know what it is we we've had these debates right. on you know seeing people yep. talk about it not numerous times. <laughs> There's plenty of playoff series that Russell Westbrook was better than Kevin Durant. No doubt. There's plenty of games that we know of that we all sat there and watched and said Kevin Durant, what are you doing? <laughs> so when they get up, so when they get upset and they say, "Gosh, all Westbrook does is shot chuck." Well, if Kevin Durant sitting over there in Game Six in 2016, he don't want to play. What you expect Russell Westbrook to do? <laughs> right. Yeah. No. They, yeah. But they, yeah, they that leave that part out for sure. Yeah. And again, like yeah. that's that's just a part of the whole you know narrative, and that's uh, something I have an issue not with just with Westbrook, but just sports conversation in general. And I try to have to try to watch myself, but I don't get into it too much because you know the the jokes and memes and all that stuff. That that stuff's cool, whatever. But Sometimes, in terms of just the the narrative bait, I think it's happening to Giannis now too. Obviously, Giannis yes. has his flaws, but that dude has accomplished a lot in his his early career. Um, let's not talk down on on a twenty six year old two you know two time MVP. Whether you think he deserved them or not, like that's on that's on his his resume. That's on his back, you know. So uh, yep. I know not talking about Giannis, but I, you know, let's 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 calm down some of these players. You know, just the, the narrative and let's try to look at what they, what they bring to the game and not just what they, their shortcomings. Right. I agree. Speaking of, so last point, last segment here, speaking about MVPs and great players. Now with the addition of Russell Westbrook, what do you expect from Bradley Beal this season? So yeah, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but one of the things I definitely expect is for that three point percentage to get back to, 38 plus um, where it, where it was before these past two years. Uh, I've always looked at Brad, like Bradley Bill has a beautiful stroke, man. So um, yes, I expect that to be around now. He's probably he's not going to average 30, um, but the 25 plus, like I, I definitely expect, um, I expect it to be one of his best years of his career. You know, he's, he's, 
in, in his prime now. You know, he's one of the best shooting guards in the game and just a fantastic pairing to Russell Westbrook. Um, and as we mentioned, some of the benefits of playing with uh, these guys for Russ, you know, that fits for Beal too, playing with some guys that can stretch it, an elite playmaker in Russ. Uh, and Bradley's, uh, he's got, he's a little more, he's caused a little, some more bodies than I thought he had in his career. Like yeah. He's got, he's got some more explosion than you expect. Obviously he's fast. You know, people have compared him like a shooting guard of, of Paul George. They're comparing him to Paul George in terms of guys that play with Russ. Uh, and, and I like that, but obviously Beal's just even, even faster. He has much, much better guard skills. Uh, we know PG's a smooth handler, create a shot, but, uh, just in terms of consistently uh, beating guys off the dribble, like Beal is, is better at that. He's a much better catch-and-shoot right. player, not just catching and shooting, but also catching, relocating, finding the shot, driving off the catch-and-shoot. Like, I, I really like Beal's game, um, and it's going to be a nasty pairing with, with Russ. So, um, again, yeah, I expect one of his, his best seasons, uh, that three-point percentage to get up, and I think his star, I think his, his star will never shine brighter than it has – um, playing next to Russ, so I, that's that's kind of what I expect from him. I think it's great move for Washington to get this done and to keep him happy because I know that there's been a lot of trade discussions with him uh, in Washington over the years, um, and I'm excited to to watch him. You know, again, you, you've seen so many guys play, but once once you become part of the team, you know, you really get to to learn players, you know, uh, a lot more. Not only their games, but right. personally. Um, so I'm I'm excited to see been following Brad for a while. And I think it's going to be a great fit. Um, yeah, I think the the sky is the limit for sky is the limit for that backcourt. I'm trying to think like, are they the best backcourt in the game? I think they clearly helped me out. I mean, I, I think obviously Beal is better than CJ. Um, and yes, like so, I would, you know, like if Russ is is him, like I, I want, I like the Wizards backcourt, you know. So I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, they would say Wall and Harden. You know, that depends on where Wall is at, but. You know the Wizards have, right. have the right thing. They're gonna have the best backcourt in the game this year. So I think I think so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really think so. Yeah. Well, the, the best and and in my opinion, probably also the most dynamic. I, I yep. like you said, I didn't realize that Bill can pop off the dribble and and take a body like he does. Yeah. I, my gosh, he's just dunking all over. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think they're probably the best backcourt and probably the most dynamic as well. For Bill, you hit it on the head. I don't know his points, um, assists quite what I expect him to be because they have so many people who can just shoot. See, Russell Westbrook and Bill, they don't have to score 30 plus tonight, they just don't have right. to. They got so many people who can shoot the ball, but I agree with you. I just expect for Bill to be so much more efficient than he has the last two years, and that's that's pretty much what I expect. And so, that's what's going to make it a lot of fun. Because if you get the efficient Westbrook that you had January through March of last season and Bill is more efficient and then it's got all the shooters, the offense, if nothing else, is going to be a ton of fun to watch. It just might end up coming down to can they score more points than the other team because this defense still not there yet. Um, but, yeah, so that that's pretty much my opinion, too. We are Yep, we're right at 45 minutes. I wanted to keep it 45 minutes or less. I didn't want to keep you too long. So this is where we'll break things. Um, sure. Thank you so much for joining the pod, Chris. I appreciate it. Do you have anything to plug? Yeah, I mean, uh, follow me on Twitter, uh, Coach Chris Coach Chris Geek on Twitter. Uh, I think it's at SportsWorldCC if you want to do the at. Um, but also on Instagram, find me on Coach Chris Sports. I have a lot of Russ content. 
you know, not from, not just from the past, but coming up this season. Uh, you know, I'll hopefully I'll be on this podcast a few more times, you know, throughout the year, just talking about what's going on. And um, it's going to be a fun year, guys. You know, the Russell Westbrook experience is like no other, no matter what's going on. If it's a underachieving season at the moment or uh, overachieving, it's going to be a, a wild ride. So uh, it's going to be a good time. I'm excited about it. Agreed. All right. Thanks, Chris, so much for joining. Yeah, we'll we'll schedule and we'll do this again sometime. Thanks, man. All right, man. I didn't forget today's fun fact about Russell Westbrook. A lot of people think Russell Westbrook is unintelligent or lacks IQ. And in some cases, they say he has a low basketball IQ, which also isn't true. Did you know that Russell Westbrook graduated high school with a 3.9 GPA and was on his way to Stanford before being recruited by UCLA? The guy is brilliant. He's actually extremely intelligent. But that's your fun fact for today. Thank you so much for watching the West Wolf Podcast. As always, you can find me, J.D. Jackson, on Twitter at Russell Westbrook Gets a Chip and on YouTube at J-Rock Soccer and Basketball Sessions. Thanks so much for watching. Please, please, please subscribe and leave a review. I would very much appreciate it, and I also welcome constructive criticism. Thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time, bye-bye.